On this episode of the Capacity Podcast, we join LaCarl and Christina for a walk in the park and a discussion about sustainability. They are both environmental studies students from Yale and U.S. College in Singapore. Listen to the birds chirp while they run you through a quick crash course about what sustainability is and the four major strands of sustainable thought, including eco-modernism, eco-feminism, degrowth, and individual actions. They will also discuss what this means for the consulting field moving forward and their aspirations for what sustainable consulting should look like. Hi everyone, I'm Lakal. I'm a third year environmental studies student and here with me I have Christina. I'm also a third year environmental studies student yeah. and today we'll be talking about sustainability and what that looks like right now and how we can push it further. Yep, and so we're going to be taking a walk in the park and just follow us along this journey, yeah? Yeah. Come on, let's go! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so the first thing that we're going to talk about is um, what got us here today. Why are we even talking about sustainability? Yep, so today we're currently in a crisis and I'm sure you've kind of heard different statistics all over the world and in the news about how we're in a climate crisis and that means that what we've been doing and the human activity we've been doing in every industry whether it be in finance or in consumerism like it all leads to like yeah. <laughs> like it all, it all... Like climate apocalypse yeah <laughs> wow we're already radicalizing them <laughs> it all leads to us kind of pushing the limits of what the earth can take and these limits can also be called planetary boundaries yeah, and so some of these planetary boundaries that we are familiar with or that we know of are things like our ozone layer depletion, uh, land use change, our uh, chemical flows, so we have extra nitrogen and phosphorus entering our waters. We have uh, uh, also climate change, which is the addition of uh, CO2 in our atmosphere, and also mass extinctions, extinctions that we have never seen before on a scale, and that's mostly caused by uh, human activity. Yeah, and the thing about planetary boundaries is once you exceed them, you can't really go back. But luckily, not all things are very hopeless in this world yet, because I think more and more we're starting to discover that we do have to make changes in the way that we run society today to be able to kind of circumvent this and offset these effects so that we don't exceed these planetary boundaries. Yeah, we don't want to hit a tipping point, right, where it becomes an irreversible change. I mean, in the past uh, few years, you've seen what happens when we really exceed these planetary boundaries and these instances have become really very clear. I mean, the whole COVID period was an instance of how uh, human activities when uh, past a certain threshold, past a certain limit, can have huge, massive implications for uh, our, our way of life. Yeah, and across the globe, there are countries that are more vulnerable to climate change. But eventually, if these planetary boundaries are exceeded, this will reach all of us through rising sea levels or through global warming. We're already feeling the effects today, and I think Martians should be taken further to kind of circumvent and offset what human activities are doing to hurt the world today. Mm. So that brings us to what our topic of discussion for today is which is looking at sustainability in consulting and the different innovative strides that are going on today, but what also can be done in the future and moving forward so that we can really combat this problem across all industries and across different fields. 
Yeah, definitely. So, what is consulting? What is? You're <laughs> <laughs> like, what? I is was reading the consulting, bro. <laughs> right there. What is consulting? <laughs> oh wait, let's pause at the bridge. Do you see the horn bills? Where? Uh, Bitch, there, I can't there. See any... Straight oh, down. I see it. Yeah, it's oh, a horn bill. Hi. It's a pipe oriental horn bill. If the horn bill was nice, it would be in our video with us. Okay. All right. So, what is sustainability? It is a term that is thrown around um, quite often and I, I guess for, for a start, many people think of sustainability as um, preserving the resources that we have for our future generations, um, making sure that we are regenerative in our activities or cyclical in our supply chains to make sure that um, you know, years down the road, generations down the road, we can still enjoy the same things that we do enjoy now. Yep, so in summary, sustainability is kind of about innovating and reimagining the way that we run our businesses and practices today so as to prepare and build for like further solutions that kind of build towards a generation that's a bit more environmentally friendly and creates a world where these predatory boundaries aren't succeeded. Exceeded. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and there are many different uh, tribes or many different groups of people, right, so we are here at East Coast Park, yeah? Uh, many different groups of people who reconceptualize or think about what sustainability means to them. And so we'll be covering um, four of them today. And let's go there. So the first is our eco-modernists. I think eco-modernists are um, groups of people that believe very strongly in the hopes that technology can bring. Uh, technologies being decarbonization technologies, uh, carbon capture, or innovative, uh, you know, carbon credit financing, um, uh, or even like nuclear energy. Uh, that these technologies can help bring humanity a way of life become a lot more sustainable, uh, and also in doing so, making our uh, we we can leave the rest of nature alone. Yep. Currently, the mainstream discourse about sustainability solutions does rely on this kind of like eco-modernist approach where we rely on like creating more innovative technologies and green technologies to kind of move forward as a society but I think today when we go into the other three different disciplines or different ways of thinking I think the main thing about environmental studies and also what people in the field have kind of been talking about is kind of looking at things with an open mind and looking at other ways of thinking that can work together to move forward for all of us so yeah yeah. What are the other two, by the way? Like, <laughs> what do you call it for? Like, like, uh, our next... Uh, what is it? Eco-feminist? Eco-feminist, degrowth. Degrowth and... Uh, individual action. Okay, I can do eco-feminist. You can okay. do degrowth. Okay. What about individual action? It's just like in It's general. just talking individual okay. action. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, the next mode of thinking that we want to go through is eco-feminism, which is kind of this idea that all the different power structures in society are all related to environmentalism as well. So even within like different sections of society and different industries, we kind of have to resist the structure of hierarchy that separates us from nature. So kind of relates to where our location is today, where we're walking in the park. And like this branch of ecofeminism is kind of the idea that humans shouldn't be so disconnected from nature and we should instead appreciate what we have on this planet Earth and kind of not undergo human activities that separates us more from nature and also subjugates nature as well. Yeah, and I guess one, one way of thinking about it is uh, uh, 
ecocentric thinking and uh, egocentric thinking. So ecocentric thinking places humans on the same level as the rest of uh, living things. So human humans and non-humans, we are like kind of the same. Yeah, uh, we value human lives the same way we value the life of grass, trees, birds, uh, um, crabs. Uh, and then egocentric thinking places humans on top. So that you have human exceptionalism, human super, uh, supremacy and there you find that humans start to think of nature as more like resources to exploit or spaces to occupy um, and messy, messy nature to organize. Hmm? Yeah, so I think the benefits are kind of what ecofeminism can contribute to our discourse today and our discussion is kind of this idea that we need to change the way that we see nature and how we kind of engage with nature and sustainability less as like a problem to be fixed and kind of like ways that nature can be integrated into our lives and into our business practices and into our solutions moving forward not as just something that's very separate from our activities day to day but something that's integrated and considered at every step of the process yeah definitely uh, and we move to our third major field uh, which is a degrowth field. So degrowth is something that not many people have talked about on, in the mainstream because I guess the stigma going about uh, degrowth, you know, people think that degrowth is about reducing or shrinking our economies. But really it's a process of prioritizing what we really want. And so I think the central focus or the central critique of GDP and economic growth is that firstly, it's limitless, right? You, you, you see, um, economists projecting growth like 2% every year, 2% every year. But when is it going to stop? Yeah, uh, It could be 2% in the next 100 years. Like, can you imagine Singapore doubling our economy? And what then? Higher stress levels? Uh, more, more, um, more, more removal of uh, nature from our spaces? Uh, more pollution? More carbon dioxide in the atmosphere? There has to be some limits to economic growth, right? Uh, and as of now, our current state of the economy in most uh, developed countries, we have seen that these economic activity has exceeded certain thresholds where we are now dependent on other countries, other natural spaces for resources, let's say from mining or for dumping our rubbish or, um, for, or even just like clearing that spaces. For degrowth, I think it's a different way from what we're used to because I think we're used to kind of having mainstream conversations about how we can constantly move forward and progress but I think degrowth kind of encourages you to reframe what you're thinking of progress is and how that includes nature and can sometimes harm nature as well. <coughs> Whoa, my throat just died. <laughs> <coughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think with degrowth, it does seem like a pretty like foreign concept but there have been a lot of discussions of how we can live as a society and kind of have the same conversations about equality and reducing poverty and hunger globally while also being environmentally friendly and kind of having that lens of being connected to the rest of the earth and not just using human activities which can often exceed planetary boundaries like we've discussed before. Yeah, definitely. And so practically, how would that look like? I think one of the first things that we have to look into is what our metrics for success are. I think we often use like, if your mainstream economics metrics for success, like your GDP, how much profits you can gain, how much revenue you have, uh, how much assets you've acquired, and how much you've expended. 
I think metrics of success is expanding uh, to include other fields like for example your uh, ESG environmental social governance mm -hmm. metrics helps to encompass a lot more ways of measuring what success looks like uh, often including aspects like inclusion um, uh, environmental gains uh, and also like better quality of life in general yep so I think it's really just more about like creating an interdisciplinary idea of what success can look like moving forward for all of us and what that could look like in a world that isn't in a climate crisis or tries to attempt to... Oh, we trying to... Why? Am I shaking you too much? Oh really? Oh sorry, it's the wind! Okay, we it's can okay. talk. Um, what was I saying? Yeah. I think we can cut off a climate crisis. Okay. Um, and the last one is individual action, which is also kind of part of the mainstream idea of what sustainability looks like. Um, in mainstream discourse and discussions today. So individual action, as it says, kind of like focuses on the self and what we can do in our day-to-day -day lives um, that helps to reduce our carbon footprint or how much emissions that we kind of put out into the world. So for the individual um, action, sustainability solutions are kind of targeted towards kind of changing your diet, for example, turning towards more like vegetarian options or reducing your carbon emissions in terms of transport, like looking towards more public transport. But I think coming to individual action, we must also like understand that it's rooted in the context of the different structures of society and how when we think of sustainability solutions, we must also think of individual action in tandem and in hand with systemic action that kind of helps to work hand in hand together to create more sustainable solutions around all of society so that society can progress towards a greener future. So with individual action, there is this hope that with every single individual here today and with all of us in general across society, we could each take the time to think about these problems and how we can each contribute in our own ways to solving climate crises. Yeah, definitely. And individual action could mean very different things for very different people. It could be your own act, small little act of resistance, you know, trying to reduce the waste you have. You could be taking the public transport more often. Or it could also be joining a, like an environmental group, uh, learning more um, about yourself or championing for environmentalism in your workplace. So, uh, don't feel too pressured. Uh, do what we can, yeah? And so, now moving on to our last segment. What does it mean for uh, consulting? How is the consulting view shifting towards uh, one that is more conscious of uh, our environmental sustainability needs? <laughs> so, sorry. Um, so as we mentioned before, currently the mainstream discourses in sustainability and in sustainability and consulting tend to lean towards the eco-modernist and kind of individual action aspects. So for the eco-modernist aspect, thank you this leans towards Usually this leans towards green financing and kind of thinking about how to offset carbon off what? Yeah, how to offset, offset carbon. carbon emissions and um, different ways of kind of looking at our current models of consulting and how we can adapt that to sustainability. But today I think we'd like to discuss how we can kind of push that a bit further and to take a less reactive stance on sustainability and actually think about building solutions that kind of build towards a future that actually makes sure that our future generations don't have to deal with these issues and kind of have structures already put into place that do consider the environment at every step of the process and not just in reaction to the crisis that we're already feeling today. Yeah, definitely. And so, as mentioned before, how that would look like is uh, trying to, I think for first, like really understanding, really knowing what uh, 
what sustainability is about. You could be reading up about the sustainability development goals. You could be uh, looking into your newsletters from uh, World Resource Institute, Eco Business, uh, yada yada. But uh, in informing ourselves about what sustainability means, it could then help help ourselves define uh, uh, sustainability for your consulting group. Uh, that could mean creating, as I said before, um, different measures of success, and then bringing these measures of success into your uh, evaluations of, of the company. Uh, so mm, you often see consulting groups looking at like a, a, a value chain approach, a supply chain approach to companies, and going every step of the way and understanding what the environmental impacts, the social impacts, and how do you mitigate them or offset those impacts. I think sustainability moving forward can also mean centering heterodox narratives and narratives that we don't usually see in consulting today. Um, I think that also means kind of like looking at narratives like degrowth and ecofeminism and kind of borrowing aspects of it that can help to change the way and innovate the way that we kind of carry out procedures today and moving forward how we can adapt that to a more green aspect and a green mindset. Yeah, and I think consulting is placed in a position or the industry is placed in a position where it really demands um, consultants to know what is uh, the most trendy or most um, important things of, of today and definitely sustainability is moving towards being one of the key concerns for our generation and for many generations to come and so I think for you today uh, coming to this conference we really encourage you to learn more speak to more people about what sustainability means to them what are the environmental impacts they might feel what are the solutions that they have came across and you can always feel free to reach out to me and Christina <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to learn a bit more or ask questions yeah. and with that do you have any last words? I think the only thing left I have to say is all sustainable solutions are imperfect but every step goes a long way and I think it's going to be a long journey for our generation especially to kind of lead the process in discussing with different disciplines and how we can all move forward as a society while we're dealing with something that's been unprecedented in past generations but I really do think it's kind of like time for all of us here at the conference today to also be thinking about how to move forward. Yeah, definitely. So that's uh, thank you, Christina for our time and see you guys. Bye.